Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. I've mentioned before about the dire situation with reference to certain population groups, certain demographics, particularly Native American Indians, Alaskan Natives, and Indigenous Peoples in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, among others, with reference to their vulnerability to this COVID-19 pandemic. It is not limited or restricted to this current infection, but has been seen with reference to one after another respiratory viruses that have just wrought a terrible toll among these peoples. Among the Native American Navajo Nation, as of a few days ago, there were as many people infected as there were in nine states combined in the United States of America. And Navajo Nation had suffered as many fatalities as 13 states in the United States of America combined. Just monstrous, horrendous. And there are any number of possible reasons for this. Among them, various health concerns, health issues that have been ongoing. Namely, high rates of heart disease, hypertension, high blood pressure, call it what you will, and respiratory ailments including bronchial asthma and what have you. I do not know, I don't have any information with regard to rate of smoking cigarettes among Native American Indians, but I do know that they have had just an inordinate amount of cases, not only with this current coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic, but previously with the Spanish flu going back more than 100 years, more than a century, and then also with this N1H1, or I may have transposed that back in 2009. But some of the challenges that the Navajo Nation and the Native American Indians in the United States of America are facing include terrible overcrowding within their homes, within their residences at least 16 times the national average. There just is not the housing available to them. And federal funding for housing has been frozen for decades. This being a violation of old treaties. As I mentioned in a previous program, I can't help but wonder what is it that 
former presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren, who time and again has exploited this Native American Indian matter to her advantage. I wonder what is it that she has done for these people whom she feels such kindred with but has not evidenced kindred for. (laughs) But 30% of the homes on Navajo Nation do not have running water. Here in the United States of America, we're not talking about a developing nation, so-called, a third world nation, talking about the United States of America, 30%, 3 out of 10 homes on Navajo Nation do not have running water. How is it that these people are supposed to abide by (laughs) these recommendations to wash their hands frequently? How are they to accomplish that modest feat, given lack of or absence of running water for so very many of them? Also, many of them do not have phones. They don't have telephones. And so that if they are tested, they cannot receive the results. I mentioned the other day that there are $10 billion in relief, relief aid, that have been designated for the Native American tribes. But the money is not reaching them yet. Now, there have been efforts made to assist them. Efforts such as bringing in airlifting supplies, medical supplies, presumably some PP&E, personal protective equipment and so forth, via National Guard, Air Force Reserve, Army Reserve, and so on and so forth. But their medical facilities are few and far between are stretched to the breaking point, are overcrowded, understaffed, and it is a very, very straight time for these tribes. That term straight, it had other meanings in yesteryear before all of the corruption and perversion of the current times. But they are being greatly straightened, greatly tried, the tribes in the United States of America. And undoubtedly in Canada and these other nations where these indigenous peoples have suffered during previous mass infections. It has been stated, hardly should be a surprise to anyone, that we are in fact looking at confronting another Great Depression. As I mentioned the other day, the International Monetary Fund Chief, Kristalina Georgieva, stated the following quote, 
We anticipate the worst economic fallout since the Great Depression. End quote. Now, compared to loss of lives, this is a lesser challenge. But that is not to say it is not an enormous problem. And this Great Depression that is being brought about is man-made. Now, it's entirely possible that the pandemic itself is man-made, as I referred to previously and I will touch on shortly. But this economic crisis is absolutely man-created, woman-created, what have you. Thanks to the measures taken, including widespread executive orders from tyrannical (laughs) political types, not only in the United States of America, but all around the world, in the free world, right? It's one thing in the communist, fascist, totalitarian, socialist nations, and the Islamist, Islamo-fascist, regime-ridden nations. But it's another in the free world, or it should be another. We shouldn't be governing, if you want to call it that, the same way that they do. But the United States of America and the free world have copied, relentlessly copied, the socialist regimes for decades now. With reference to the Olympics, for instance. With reference to the military. The integration of the military. Putting women in the military and then putting them in combat. Oh, it's brilliant, brilliant stuff. And the list goes on and on. But the government of this nation and of the other free nations are governing in accord with what one can expect from the communist Chinese regime. Fascinating, of course, we are looking very near in the future to this Not only presidential election, but congressional election, U.S. senatorial election, one-third of the senators, gubernatorial elections, and what have you. And how appropriate, how altogether fitting and proper that is, if you stop and think about it, that the matter of how to rule how to govern, whether people should be free to self-govern in all respects other than those mandated in the Constitution of the United States of America for the federal government. Or whether instead Every time 
something blows through, some crisis comes along, the federal government and the state governments and the municipal governments can exercise totalitarian rule over the people of the United States of America. Ban them from attending church services, for instance. Little things like that. What about the constitutional right to worship? (laughs) Minor detail. But meanwhile, the para-government Federal Reserve banks, para-government other than government, outside of government, Federal Reserve banks. The head of the Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Federal Reserve Bank, Neil Kashkari, he has stated that barring some health care miracle that the United States of America is looking at one and one-half years of rolling shutdowns. One and one-half years. Now, that number is interesting. That probably sounds very familiar. It should. Because the modeling that was done, the computer modeling that was done at Imperial College in the UK regarding this pandemic. It stated right from the get-go that it was going to take 18 months plus to get through this. One and one-half years Plus, but meanwhile, the United States of America and other nations around the world, those like Italy and Spain and the Mediterranean, what have you, they declared two week lockdowns, right? Two weeks or 15 days. And then it was ramped up, (laughs) incremented almost immediately to one month. And then it jumped, it leapfrogged to six months, then one year, then one and a half years. But Neil Kashkari stating we need an additional one and one and a half years. He is not an elected representative of the United States of America. He is not a congressman. He is not a U.S. senator. He is not a governor. He is not a president. But he is the head of the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, Minnesota, which, of course, allows him to exercise all manner of power along with the others in such positions. The president of the United States of America, Donald Trump Sr., he has, you know, shifted his focus again, segues here, segues there. So he's now focused on reopening the economy. He had stated before that he wanted it open. He wanted the country open 
by Easter. And now he is full speed ahead on let's open the country up. Understandably so, because massive long-term damage is being wrought in the United States of America by the government shutdowns, the government lockdowns, the prohibitions of commerce and life. It's fascinating that, of course, following 9-11, September 11, 2001, the president... The president's men, the president's women, Congress, you name it. They're all saying that we need to go on with life as usual. Otherwise, the terrorists win, which was bizarre and absurd. But nonetheless, go out there, go shopping. We were, you know, exhorted to go shopping and to go eat at restaurants and to go to entertainment of all kinds, and so forth. But then, along comes the coronavirus, and let's shut everything down. Regardless whether it is constitutional or not, and it's not. But anyway, president looking to open up the country, open up the economy. Is he alone? No. Parents across the nation of Spain, which is the most locked up nation in Europe. It has the strictest lockdown measures in place. They are crying out for their children to be allowed to go outside for an hour a day. To play, to exercise, so on and so forth. For there to be some semblance of normal life. They are concerned about consequences, detrimental consequences to their children if they are kept cooped up indefinitely. Talking about physical health, mental health, and on it goes. But. How do you explain to them that you can take your dog out, but not your child? Said Diego Figuera. And he happens to be a psychiatrist of all things. At San Carlos Hospital in Madrid. But if adults can go for a walk with a dog... And now some non-essential economic activities are resuming. Why do our boys and girls have to keep waiting? So said Barcelona's mayor, Ada Colón. Well, (laughs) the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise government leaders They know best. Meanwhile, Cal Thomas, I'm sure the name is not unfamiliar to you. He has been writing 
and speaking commentaries for many decades. And he wrote an article entitled Liberate America. Speaking of these very things about the arbitrary, capricious, and (laughs) contradictory executive orders being issued, issued by prospective vice presidential candidates and others, and this idea that these elected officials should be able to exercise such extra governmental powers. The presidents in the past here in the United States of America that have been the most onerous have been particularly fond of using executive orders, ruling by executive fiat. Fascinating to see these governors seizing the opportunity to do so, ostensibly in the interest of the citizens whom they are stripping citizenship powers from by so doing. But meanwhile, Again, we are on the verge, less than 200 days away from this next major election cycle. And the House of Representatives is firmly in the grasp of the Democrat Party, the evil party I have referred to it as, understandably so. And the Senate, is narrowly, tenuously, in the grip of the stupid party, the Republican Party, what I have referred to as the stupid party, what it is known as. These parties are known by these terms inside the beltway, but commonly referred to. But there are all manner of possibilities for this go-around, this next election, not just whether the president is re-elected or whether Joe Biden gets a turn, but also as far as what happens with the House of Representatives. And more importantly, because it's much closer to possibility of change, the United States Senate. Whether the Republicans maintain control there or extend their control or whether the Democrats take over. It will be fascinating to see what happens. But four states in particular are under particular attention right now. For the simple reason that even though they have Republican United States senators, incumbents, that there are massively funded Democrat challenges. And those states are Maine, you know, as Maine goes, so goes the nation. You know, from long ago, 
I doubt if it was ever true, but nonetheless, as Maine goes, so goes the nation. Colorado, North Carolina, and Arizona. Those four states in particular. And then there's Alabama, but where a Democrat incumbent is under challenge. But these Democrat challengers in those four states are so massively funded, they are able to outspend the incumbents three, four, five to one. And we will see what will happen there. But meanwhile, so what's really up for grabs? I mean, besides Senate seats, besides congressional seats, besides the presidency, what's really up for grabs? What really matters here? It's simple little matters like, will United States citizens be permitted to self-govern? Or will they be ruled by a totalitarian state, if you will? Oh, socialism's a wonderful thing. Will Americans wear these masks? You know, the personal protective equipment. Well, one physician, Marilyn Singleton, stated she will not wear one. She said it is un-American for the government, the faceless government, I might add, to force people to cover their faces. You're here. What about these face masks anyway? This personal protective equipment huge amounts of PPE, personal protective equipment, were shipped to communist China in January and February. This despite the fact that it was clear to some people, such as myself, back in January, that this was going to be a pandemic. But... Whether it was accidental or whether it was caused, engineered, bioengineered, remains to be seen, remains to be known, remains to be determined. I refer you to that article I mentioned before in the Wall Street Journal back on April 9th. It was published, and the author, Matt Ridley, And the title of it, The Bats Behind the Pandemic. Now, this article did not state, did not conclude that this pandemic was caused. As far as I know, it did not. But it certainly gave some fascinating information concerning it. And I recommend that to you. Before I continue, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. And whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is due to me. That is on me. That is my fault. 
But again, why would China do such a thing? Why would the communist Chinese regime, that benevolent, beneficent regime, headed up by Xi Jinping, BFF of President Donald Trump Sr., why would they do such a thing as to deliberately cause this? Why? Hard to imagine. But (laughs) it is actually plausible. Not only possible, but plausible. That doesn't mean that that's what happened. But it is a definite possibility and plausible. Meanwhile, that communist Chinese regime, wonderful, benevolent, beneficent government that it is, it threw its puppet government in Hong Kong has arrested at least 14 pro-democracy legislators and activists and a so-called media tycoon. That media tycoon being Jimmy Lai, who founded the local newspaper Apple Daily. One who was arrested along with Jimmy Lai was 81-year-old former legislator Martin Lee, known as an activist, a pro-democracy activist, along with Albert Ho, Onokhin and Lee Chukyan, and another 10 or more, or more. What is this about? Well, protests were conducted on August 31st and August 18th and October 1st that were in opposition to legislation that was being pushed that would permit citizens of Hong Kong to be whisked away by agents of communist China and imprisoned in the mainland communist Chinese prisons, dungeons, black cells, and what have you ostensibly to stand trial. Well, the legislation put forth by puppet Carrie Lam, governor of Hong Kong, stooge for communist China, it has been delayed. But here, the communist Chinese regime flexing its muscles, again, showing its fangs, Engaging in this activity. President Trump, he has suspended immigration into the United States of America for two months. He said to protect American workers. As we move forward, we will become more and more protective of them. This pause on new immigration will also help to conserve vital medical resources for American citizens. You know, vital medical resources like all of that that was shipped to communist China in January and February. Vital medical equipment. Meanwhile, in Davis, California, 
where there is the University of California, Davis, and uh, Sutter Davis Hospital. A fellow described as being homeless, you know, a street person, showed amazing sophistication. Sean Moore, he walked into the hospital, the aforementioned hospital, posing as a federal employee from the Center for Disease Control. That he was a CDC courier there to pick up a sample of the COVID-19 virus. Interestingly enough, Sutter Davis Hospital was expecting a courier that day from the California Department of Public Health to come pick up a coronavirus sample. So, of course, hospital staff, hey, we don't need to check your ID or clear this with anyone. Make sure you are who you say you are. Just hand it over. And they noticed when he left, he left on a bicycle. They thought that was a little bit odd. And then the actual factual, real courier arrived a few minutes later. Just an amazing coincidence, amazing sophistication by this homeless street person. (laughs) Well, that COVID-19 sample was discovered in a CVS shopping cart five hours later, and the police arrested this man the next day. But just outstanding work by Davis Sutter Hospital. So then there's the question, well, is this the only such thing as this? Who's to say this couldn't be happening across the country? But the idea that this was just stupid luck, that this was just coincidence, it's a bit much for me to take. Meanwhile, the hospital, they contacted the patient whose coronavirus sample they handed over to this guy to administer a new test to that person. But meanwhile, across the United States of America, oil companies are endangered greatly. A great many, a very great many could go bankrupt. Are in dire straits right now. And those dire straits mean dire straits for the United States of America, for the people of the United States of America. Meanwhile, there have been massive numbers of closures of meat company facilities. Closures for beef, poultry, pork, production and distribution facilities, processing facilities, and distribution. And this, again, pertains to the man-made nature of the economic crisis we are facing. 
So the government is working hard here to put these businesses out of business and to greatly compromise food production and food distribution in the United States of America. What possible ramifications could that have? Meanwhile, surprisingly enough, even though dairy farmers are being devastated by this, the distribution channels are broken asunder. They're not able to get their product to the people, and they are having to drain out milk because they cannot keep it stored. Slightly different scenario for one dairy in Saratoga County, New York, King Brothers Dairy. They have received a huge number of requests for, of all things, delivery to residences, delivery of milk and dairy products to homes. And it's been a a boon for this family dairy, which was suffering due to canceled orders from restaurants, from schools. So one bright spot, one small bright spot there, another bright spot is that animal shelters across the country have been greatly inundated by people seeking to adopt and or foster dogs and cats, and puppies and kittens. And they have virtually emptied the shelters for the time being. Getting these animals into loving homes. Really a wonderful thing. This has taken place. And again, nationwide, this has happened. But something that's a little less of a bright spot something that is not talked about very much, so forth. This nation has been suffering prolonged, protracted drought over vast portions of the United States of America. And these have caused, in turn, wildfires, forest fires, and then, ironically, flash floods when there is rain, if and or when there is, into these dry, hard arroyos and so forth. But riverbeds, currently there's a study looking at nine states in particular in the southwest. And they have determined that this drought could become shortly, could become the worst drought since 800 A.D. Now, they attribute it to global climate change. Shocker there. Global warming, global climate change. That's responsible for it. And it may be. (laughs) But the idea that global climate change is a man-made phenomenon instead of a climate cycle, is frankly hypothetical. 
But it's one of those wonderful things, along with pandemics, along with man-made starvation and so forth, which has been employed in places like Ethiopia, Eritrea, Sudan, and so forth. But these things, pandemics sweeping the world, global climate change, so-called, these are triggering mechanisms which in and of themselves independently can be used to bring about regime change throughout the free world. But in concert, combined combinations bring even greater pressure to bear to bring such things about. Such massive societal change, political regime change, political government change, not merely from Republican Party to Democrat Party, not merely from mainstream socialist Democrat Party to (laughs) left of mainstream socialist Democrat Party change. No. But instead, to bring about totalitarian regimes throughout the free world. Because, of course, these problems are so vast, so international, so far beyond the resources and abilities of individual nations that it calls for, it requires, it cries out for international intervention. A vast global coalition under the leadership of one regime. Now, you might think it's ridiculous to suggest that anything like that could possibly come about, could possibly happen. But, Guess what? It is biblical. (laughs) When I say biblical, I don't mean according to God's commandments. I don't mean that this is God's good and perfect will, but it is prophesied over and over and over and over again. This is coming about, and we are perilously close to it. And these are the mechanisms that are used in the machinations of these world planners who, of course, could not have had anything to do with trying to bring about this pandemic in the first place, right? No, of course not. But. Global climate change, global warming has been pushed and pushed and pushed, has been used as a leverage device, actually more like a battering ram, but has been used for years and years and years now to try to further weaken 
the nations, to strip them of their sovereignty. The European Union, of course, was a stroke of genius, stripping the European nations of their sovereignty and of their currencies and of odious nationalism, you know, national pride and so forth. Let's all just be Europeans. And they managed to entrap the United Kingdom in that, which is, of course, as I speak, attempting, at least some there, many there, attempting to extricate itself from that. But this pandemic is being used to bring about the same thing. It's being combined with global climate change. in order to coerce the free nations to yield, to submit. Here in the United States of America, and I am positive we will see this in the rest of the free world, the government actions to cripple and destroy the businesses, even the largest of businesses, but in particular, certain sectors of the economy, food production, food processing, food distribution, family businesses, farming, ranching, fisheries, what have you. The devastation wrought by the current command and control, control freak measures of the control freaks in charge can destroy the ability of the United States of America to function and can thereby justify the government stepping in to fill the vacuum, to fill the void, to take over all of these critical functions such as food production, processing, distribution, and what have you. Oh, it could never happen. It could never happen in the free United States of America. No, no, it could not possibly happen, could it? No, never. Well, we're headed there. But it's not hundreds and hundreds of years from now. Every time I hear about this, I hear people talk about, oh, you know, what's going to happen 500 years from now? You know, that they're predicting a comet is going to hit the United States of America 500 years from now. (laughs) Really? 
well, these great computer models of things, the computer models of this pandemic have shockingly enough been wrong, as have the computer models that have been used for economic forecasts, financial policy, monetary policy, and for so many other things, such as predicting the outcome of political races. But the nation known as the United States of America is only one of the nations that are going to be brought to kneel by this. Only one. All of the free nations. But the United States of America has been the focal point. It is the one that has prevented the European nations, the United Kingdom, and Scandinavia from being overthrown decades ago. It is the one that has been the focal target of Islamist, not just Islamist terrorists, but the Islamist regimes, Islamist rage, which is focused on annihilating Christians and Jews, obliterating Christianity and Jewry. The times that are approaching are absolutely, positively going to bring about regime change throughout Europe, UK, Scandinavia, United States of America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and what have you. Positively. How far off? Well, the time frame isn't that far off. And they will all be brought under one regime. And it will be the worst regime that has ever existed on the face of the earth, according to the authority of the Bible, which you can accept or reject as you choose. But there may be other complications complicating factors there probably will you know if we manage to make it through this without that having taken place then we can expect there to be some others another pandemic more in the way of global climate change natural disasters i fully expect there to be massive massive earthquakes And volcano eruptions, volcanic eruptions, all around the perimeter of the ring of fire. Fully expect that. Even without there being any triggering of them via nuclear weapons or anything like that. But what we're going to live to see, if we manage to live that long, is to see 10 new world leaders rise up. 
10 new world leaders rise up. And then another one. Another one who shall subdue or overthrow three of them. And then we will have all nations, all countries subjugated under one worldwide regime. According to the Bible, you can believe all of the gubernatorial and senatorial and congressional and executive experts you want. All the scientists and everybody else. Or you can believe God's word on that. You don't need to believe me. But it is coming shortly. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.